Guys, are you worried that you're losing your hair? Do you look in the mirror and see less hair looking back at you? Maybe you're thinking, it's cool, I'll shave it. Or I'll just wear a hat from now on. Or maybe even, I'll just break the bank to get plugs. But before you shave, hide, or replace your hair, have you thought about regrowing it? Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. Not just once, but every month. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash regrow. Do it today, and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash regrow. Wake up, Lincoln. Come on, it's 6 o'clock. Rise and shine, rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake, brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of... Meh. And Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Tuesday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, Early Break. Fun show so far as you get the podcast at theticketfm.com. Without further ado, Sip, we have a very, very special guest. We talked to you a couple times a year on Early Break. He's on the phone right now. We're joined by Jerry DiNardo of the Big Ten Network. Good morning, Jerry. Thanks for joining us. If I, if I had told you before the season... That at the midway point, Illinois will be leading the Big Ten West at three and one over at in conference play and six and one overall. What would you have told me in mid-August if you knew that here by mid-October? I probably would have said, "Good morning, by the way." I probably would have said, uh, <laughs> "I'm surprised at their record, but the opportunity that we have to go watch practice in the summer is so unique." Uh, specific to Illinois, <clears throat> excuse me, specific to Illinois a year ago before the 2021 season, Illinois opened up with Nebraska, if I remember right. Am yes, I correct? Correct. yes correct. they did. Yeah, they did. We left both campuses saying there's no question Illinois is going to win that game. Whoa, this whoa. Year, this year, uh, we left campus. I think I can speak for all the other guys. I mean, we're, we're stuck in a van together, a land jet, as they call it. Fancy name for a van with nice seats. Sure. Um, <laughs> We, we left Illinois saying, and I said this yesterday in the taping of Urban Analysis, that this Brett Bielma guy, he can coach the heck. Now, I used a little different language in the van. He can, he can coach the heck out of a team. But I think they'd be, have a chance to be 7-1. and one. I think I'm right if they win Saturday. Yes. Right. No, I didn't yes. think they'd be at the top. I didn't think they'd be top of the West. But you get a feel that... I mean, this guy, I've said this several times, he's as good a coach as I've ever seen. You know, he's whoa, at a place that historically, in fact, they've had, they had the worst record other than Kansas going into the season than any other FBS team. It's unbelievable what he's done in two years. Jerry DiNardo joins us from the Big Ten Network, and that is high praise, Jerry, because you, you've studied the game for years and years 
to say that he's one of the best you've ever seen, what makes him so? What is the, what are the, I mean, can you be more specific? Yes, yes, I can't accept. Uh, okay, what makes him, uh, there's, there's no, <clears throat> there's no leeway. He, he knows what he wants to do with every situation. Now, you know, there'll be situations he'll probably be wrong, mm-hmm. but I mean, he, he, he knows the answer to any question that you have in someone in his position. Again, it's not always right, but it's right more than it's wrong. He allows us to sit in team meetings, and the, and the things that he presents to his team are things about the teaching, things about the game that ordinarily you would do in a position meeting. So the morning starts off, first of all, they start off, I can't remember what they call it, Everyone's in the locker room, and you're with your position group, and it, it takes on a different, uh, a different uh, idea for each position group. It's really up to the position coach. Then we go to a team meeting, and he covers like uh, how to prevent fumbles. You know, one of the things, uh, one of the presentations we were in there for was, you know, obviously ball security, and like the the one term he uses with ball security, it's not the one you see, it's the one you don't see. So he he has a drill, and I'm sure this is from the Patriots. He has a drill of how to secure the ball and protect it from someone that's approaching you from behind and going to try to punch the ball out. Okay. So he goes through this, and there's like 120 guys watching. It's not just the running backs; so not just the receivers. Uh, trial and error. I think he's made some mistakes. You know, he was fired in Arkansas. You know, if you want to learn something, get fired. Uh, you know, don't repeat your mistakes. Uh, he's confident uh, recruiting. You know, Illinois has the second most players signed in the Big Ten every year behind Ohio within the footprint. Okay. And so he has a good recruiting base. Uh, I think him and the AD are aligned. Uh, you know, I used to do search work. I used to say to the AD all the time, you know, pick someone that you can sit with every week, get along, tied together by the hip, and you have the same goals. And if there's problems, don't let them fester, address them right away. And I, I think him and Whitman are, are like that. So, uh, you know, those are some of the specifics. But, uh, yeah, that's good. Okay, so Jerry, I know he gets along with the AD, but I'm curious, is that is Bielema a guy that you think can be at Illinois for the long haul, or do you think he could, could get plucked away by a Big Ten team besides Illinois or someone else outside of the Big Ten again? Well, you know, Jake, I mean, you know, that's the world we live in, right? Yeah. I mean, to think that someone is immune to that is crazy, right? I mean... They paid Brian Kelly over a hundred million dollars. I mean, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm sure he could. I mean, if you're the AD, you just better you better have a list, right? I mean, it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know, especially at a place maybe that if if they are maximizing their resources, where are they going? Remember, the East and West is going to go away. So there's some there's some thought in my mind that when East and West goes away, probably in 24, that the middle of the the middle of the conference is going to get killed by schedule, right? I mean, we all know the dominant teams in the Big Ten. So to make this work for TV money, you know, matching those best teams in the Big Ten, the brand names, matching them up with the middle is going to be really good TV. The teams at the bottom of the conference, you know, they could match them with, up with each other. So my point being is that all the teams that are in the West that have all had a chance to win the West division, because I think every team in the West has had a chance to win the West, and if you haven't, same on you, 
uh, that's going to go away. So I don't know what the what the new schedule and what the new alignment is going to do to places like Illinois and Purdue. You know, whereas Wisconsin, even though they're not winning, Nebraska, even though they're not winning, they are major TV attractions. And so you saw what happened to Nebraska when they first came into the conference, right? Rotating schedule. Here's Ohio State for six years. That's a slow rotation. Yeah, absolutely. Jerry DiNardo joins us from the Big Ten Network. Speaking of Nebraska, Jerry, you monitor the situation. You monitor all these situations. Nebraska has an interim head coach right now. It's 2-2 two and two with that interim head coach. Do you have any strong opinions on which direction Nebraska should go with that head coaching job? I don't, other than to say, you know, I think head coaching experience is always important. Mm-hmm. I think learning how to be a head coach and a big brand name is very difficult, right? We're watching Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame. We watch Bob Davey at Notre Dame. One of the few head coaches that have ever had their first head coaching be a success at a brand name was Lloyd Carr at Michigan. He followed Bo and Mo and made it. You'd be hard-pressed. I was at Indiana when Mike Davis followed Bob Knight in basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, if your first job is a brand name, you know, the odds are against you doesn't mean you can't do it. Lloyd Carr won a national championship. Bo and Mo didn't win a national championship. Um, I think the recruiting piece is, you know, I mean, someone that someone that brings the idea of the back room, you know, I want to say the biggest, the two biggest back rooms in the Big Ten Conference, if I'm not mistaken, is Ohio State and Rutgers. I mean, they have made a commitment to have big back rooms, recruiting, graphics, all the crazy, not crazy things, but all the unique things that people do in recruiting now. You better have someone that has that kind of experience. You know, we all know you can look at Nebraska as being a place that is isolated and uh, has had success in the past recruiting. Mm-hmm. When Tom was there, they were national recruiters. So this new person has to find the niche, how they can recruit at a high level. Uh, and that's, you know, that's always difficult. I, you know, some of the stuff I've read, you know, let, let's stop looking at the past. Let's not, let's stop talking about the walk-on program. Let's not stop. Let's stop talking about the strength and conditioning program. All the things that Nebraska at one point was at the cutting edge. Really, I'm not sure any of them matter any longer. Oh, boy. Jerry DiNardo joins us. Jerry, go back to something you said at the outset of this interview, which is in 2021, before last season, you thought – you watched Illinois in its camp in August. You watched Nebraska, and you guys came away with the notion that Illinois is the better team. What, what, what did you see that, that made it so clear to you in that regard? Well, we just thought they were you know, more game ready. You know, it's, 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 it's not necessarily a knock against Nebraska, and I don't want it to be a knock against Nebraska. We were talking about Illinois. So in terms of Illinois – you know, it could have been Illinois and Indiana. It could have been Illinois and Michigan State. You know, it, it, it just was that Illinois was further along in their camp. They were playing the first game. It was early. You know, Scott had had some turnover. You know, so it, it, it wasn't meant to be uh, a slight against Nebraska. It, we were talking about Illinois, and for me to have, for me to have the feeling that I think Brett is one of the best there is, I mean, that came through when I went to camp. I mean, they didn't have the personnel of Michigan and Ohio State and all that. They just looked like, you know, man, they were they're really close to being, you know, game ready on the first game. So, 
you know, different teams developed in, you know, at different times. But, but I can't say I went to Illinois this year and thought they'd be 6-1, and one, right? Yeah, so it's yeah, not yeah, like right. I'm saying, you know, Illinois was good and Nebraska was bad. Illinois was further along uh, in what they were doing. You know, Brett Bielema was already fired an offensive coordinator. I mean, it didn't take him long to say this. And this is another thing. When you say to me, be more specific, uh-huh. okay? Uh-huh. When when Barry Lunny became available, uh-huh. he hired him. Yeah. Well, if he hired Barry Lunny, he was either going to have eleven coaches or fire someone. Right. So maybe he, maybe he doesn't do that when he was at Wisconsin as the first first year coach. Maybe maybe one of the reasons he got fired at Arkansas is he really felt like he wanted to make a staff change, but he didn't make the staff change. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? This 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 kind of stuff. You know what I mean? These unemotional business type professional decisions. Uh, would be another way of putting it. Joined by Jerry DiNardo, BTN. Jerry, to the east of Nebraska is Iowa, who is three and 3-4 overall and 1-3 and three in conference play. Good defense, good special teams, and downright horrific offense. What do you make of the situation for Kirk Ferentz, and what should happen next in Iowa? Well, I think every coach at the end of the year, you know, sits down and says, you know, okay, what, you know, what are our problems? You know, are they personnel? Are they systemic? Uh, on a management, you know, they'll, you know, Kirk will look at it. You know, I mean, I think we've seen Wisconsin go through similar things. You know, Wisconsin, you know, when Barry was there, when Brett was there early in Paul's career, the, the style of offense worked. It was complementary to the defense. You're in the weaker division of the two. You know, it's interesting. Northwestern, Wisconsin, uh, and who's the third of Iowa? most recently been to Indianapolis, right? right? Yep. And now they're at the bottom of the West. I mean, that's incredible. So they have, have been unable to sustain whatever they were doing. So I think when you're in a position where it doesn't look like it's sustainable, don't you look for, you know, on a piece of paper, the problems on the left side of the sheet and the solutions on the right side. Obviously, the problems are offense. Now, maybe it's not the plays they're running. Maybe it's personnel. Maybe it is the plays they're running. Maybe... You know, someone else could call a better game. I mean, call to me, the hardest job in college football is the play caller on Saturdays. It's harder than being a head coach on Saturdays. There's no harder job than calling plays on Saturday. So I think that's, I mean, I mean, you know, Kurt knows what the heck he's doing. He's just got to figure it out. But, you know, I don't know if it's personnel or scheme or a little bit of both. Jerry, would you say then, since you're – the hardest job, in your opinion, is calling plays. Would you prefer a head coach who doesn't call plays, especially on offense? Yeah, I think it would have to be a special person that could do both. Hmm. You know, let's take Ryan Day. Okay. You know, I don't know. Ryan, it may not be sustainable for Ryan Day just because, you know, the monster grows, right? I mean, the more success he has. I mean, he was 11-2 last year, won the Rose Bowl, and said it wasn't a successful season. And so those type of jobs, for various reasons, keep you out of the offensive meeting room. You know, now he's got Kevin Wilson. So, yes, you know, yes, yes. You know, Brian may have a perfect situation. Um, so I wouldn't say let's take the let's take the play calling away from Brian Day. That doesn't make any sense. But it's it's rare. I mean, my guess is a place that has won five national championships, has won a Big A championship, a Big 12 championship, mm-hmm. a Leaders and Legends division championship at one point. That's a monster. And to think that 
you guys have struggled for so long and that a head coach can come in, call the plays, and do all the other things that have to be fixed, that seems overwhelming to me. Yeah, it does. Frost tried it, Jerry. Frost tried it. Sure. I don't blame him. Yeah, he was a good – yeah, I, that's an example. And and so, you know, but that's a tough model to work. You know, Ryan Day took over for Urban. They won the national – you know, that's different. That's different. Is it possible? Sure, but – I'd be highly unlikely if you hire someone that call, is calling a place. Jerry, I will approach this question with sensitivity. Uh, Jerry DiNardo oh joins us from the Big Ten Network. My co-host, my esteemed co-host, will use some pretty harsh words to describe the Big Ten West. He will say things like, it sucks. Um, <laughs> it's not good. Now, Jerry, it's I don't bad. expect that of you. How would you characterize it? Can you smooth that out? Can I smooth that out? I think the smoothest way would be to say, doggone, this West is a really opportunistic division. There you go. Well there you done, go. Jerry. Euphemism. Nice, Jerry. Me, 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 guys, meaning that all, any of the seven could win. Right. right. Well, that's I don't know about year. That's this year. <laughs> right. But, I right. mean, if you're talking about, I mean, if we're going to say the Big Ten and the SEC are the two best conferences in the country, which I think we probably, the three of us would agree, and I'm in the West, and even though after I win the West, I go to Indy and I'm going to be the underdog, that East team can't play all 85 of those suckers at once. I mean, I can upset somebody yep. in the West, in, in, in Indy, rather. And so, you know, again, I think it's lost opportunity for the teams that have not won the West, like Nebraska, because they certainly have, this, they certainly have this, the same resources as Northwestern, Iowa, and then you guys can debate whether they have the same resources as Wisconsin. Yeah. But think about it. Northwestern's been to the West, to the Indy twice, and Nebraska's never been there, except when it was leaders and legends. And y'all fired that guy. We did. We did. I'm about Jerry DiNardo, BTN. Jerry, uh, Wisconsin fires Paul Chris midseason, which is a surprise to a lot of us. I'm curious, is Jim Leonard for sure the guy, and do you think he can be a good answer for Wisconsin if he is the head coach next year and going forward? Yeah, well, you, you know, that, that question nobody can answer unless they hire him and we all sit and watch. What I, what I would do, again, when I, when I was doing search not too long ago and we were interviewing an assistant coach, uh, the one question I thought was really relevant with SEAD to ask it or I would ask it is what this program is going to look like, right? So when you hire Brett Bielema, it's going to look like Illinois, Arkansas, Wisconsin. Right when you hire Scott Frost, it was supposed to look like UCF. Right, if you hire someone who's never been a head coach. What's it going to look like? Who's your mentors? Where do you learn? What's your recruiting structure look like? What's your offense going to look like? I mean, somebody can say whatever they want in an interview to get the job, but if you hire an assistant coach, uh, you know how many head coaches has he worked for? You know what's his what's his model? You know, I left. Colorado and my model was was Colorado. I mean, it was Bill McCartney. Mm-hmm. You know, my personality, but what we did at Colorado, and you know, it, it worked at Vanderbilt and so on. So, to me, uh, that's the question I would ask Jim: What's it going to look like? You know, he, I guess Buddy Ryan was one of his mentors, but that doesn't help. Mm-hmm. I don't think <laughs> so. No, so I don't know. You know, I mean, like I said, you know, Lloyd Carr did it. You know, but I think he probably would say that, you know, Bo and Mo were his mentors. So is Paul Jim's mentor? Uh, 
I don't know. Okay, Jerry DiNardo joined. I got one more, Jerry DiNardo from the Big Ten Network. Um, how do you size up this matchup at 2.30 p.m. in Lincoln on Saturday, Illinois versus Nebraska? Well, I think it's true, certainly true, that Nebraska has played better in recent weeks. Uh, Illinois has had a week off. Uh, Nebraska's had a week off as well, right. correct? Right, correct. Correct. Week. And so uh, we have seen teams, like if I can remember this, because I've been, I've been stuck on this, this idea of the buys for okay. a couple weeks, because I, I've said this on air, uh-huh. one of the most difficult and important in-season decisions any head coach will make is how to handle the buy. Okay. So last week we watched Penn State come in and just lay an egg at Michigan after a bye. There were four last week, so if you guys could look them up real quick, I think okay. you're going to find that two played well and two played poorly. Okay. So now, so let's go back to our, the beginning of our conversation this morning about an hour ago mm-hmm. when we said, uh, <laughs> you know, what, what, I, what I said, what I thought about Brett Bielemer as a coach. So Mickey and Brett have to handle this off week. Right. So we can, we can watch all the tape that we want, <laughs> and we can figure out the X's and O's, and this game will come down to who came out of the off week using the off week to their benefit and not come out and lay an egg mm. like you know, like Penn State has and mm-hmm. the other and the other team. I can't remember the four teams. Two came at two two played well, two played poorly. Okay. So I'll answer the question, Sip, is the team and it could be Nebraska. You know, even though I've been bragging on Illinois, I'm not saying they're gonna walk in Lincoln and win. Mm-hmm. But I do think whichever coach has handled the off week the best uh, they'll probably win the game because the personnel, the personnel of the two teams appears to be close enough. Whoa, okay, matters, right? okay. I mean, this isn't this isn't the JV team against the varsity team where the coaches switch sidelines and the same team wins. Mm-hmm. Interesting, Jerry. Jerry, Good always analysis. great stuff. Thank you for the time. We will chat with you again down the road. All right, Jake and Seth, you guys enjoy. Thank Good you, Good Jerry. stuff, Jerry DiNardo, Big Ooh. Ten Network. Whoa, a lot to unpack there. I mean, one one thing to unpack is we maybe kept him too long. Um, <laughs> it was an hour ago. It was 20 minutes we had him on. Now, the other thing is, man, starting off with that that praise of Bielema, the I mean, one of the best coaches he's ever seen. Yeah. was a good football coach. Yeah, and then that – It didn't work at Arkansas, but he's a good Big Ten football coach. And when we come back, I would like to expand on something else he said about the, about the talent level of Illinois and Nebraska. Oh, we'll ask Robin Washington. Oh, yeah, Robin, yeah. We'll That's talk next. to Robin. Okay. Early break on the ticket.